The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. All right, welcome to MMA on the Rocks. This is episode number 54. My name is Bill Welker. Today is Wednesday, June the 21st, and I know you're used to hearing the show on a Sunday, but today is the bonus episode I talked about last week, and I am joined by self-proclaimed Floyd Mayweather expert, Blake, Money Blake Weather, host of the Loaded Joe's MMA podcast that you've heard me talk about before, or maybe you've heard me on it before. Blake, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, bro. I like how you threw in self-proclaimed because that's that's kind of that's kind of what anybody is though. Like, who's a coach or like a, anything to do with like the MMA world, and you think you know about a fighter, you just kind of have to self-proclaim it and then yeah. watch. People believe me though. By the end of this, it's like you got to give yourself your own college degree. Yeah. Well, who else is gonna <laughs> proclaim it, really? I mean, I guess I can. I'll, I'll proclaim it. You're a Floyd Mayweather expert. You, I mean, <laughs> you definitely know more. You definitely know more about Floyd than anybody I know. That's for sure. And that's just based on the conversations you and I have had um, about him, not even necessarily about this fight, but just the things that you've had to say about him and the insight you have to all his fights. I know you've studied his fights extensively and you're well-versed in his career. So that brings me to why I'm doing a bonus episode. So what I did was, and I think I already told you, Blake, but I'll tell everybody listening. I put out a poll on Twitter and I asked people if – it wanted me to talk about Floyd Connor because everybody's talking about it. I thought maybe people are sick of it. So I haven't really talked about it much on this show. I probably talked about it more on your show than I have <laughs> on my own show. <laughs> um, so I thought I would be polite to the listeners. Like, you know, if they're always sick of hearing everybody talk about the same thing, you know, I, I don't really have any new information or any new opinions on it than than anybody else maybe just a different perspective but surprisingly a lot of people wanted to hear about it so i thought i would do a separate episode for the people who are sick of it they could skip over this one of course they're not going to want to since you know money blake weathers on the show (laughs) (laughs) so that's how that's how i'm roping people in no but for for people who are sick of hearing about this and i'm sure there are a couple of you know, hardcore MMA fans who are like, all right, enough is and enough. We want to hear about fans. It's MMA. funny because the hardcore is on both sides. Yeah, and we don't care about them. Well, but it's funny because <laughs> they're very similar in, in that mindset that I'm hearing from, like the mindset I'm hearing from hardcore MMA fans and a mindset I'm hearing from hardcore boxing fans. It's like, we're not buying it. This fight's fucking stupid as fuck. And then the more you go yeah. in the middle between the two, it, there's a larger majority that that is excited, so it's on both spectrums, man. Like I don't, I don't think uh, I think that goes uh, kind of under the radar, but it, it's felt on both sides with this fight, man. Yeah, it's like it's like that ugly girl at the bar, and you're like, I'm not talking to her, and then yeah. the night goes on, a <laughs> couple of tequila shots and a <laughs> and twelve beers <laughs> later, you're fucking talking to that girl and you're kicking your hardest game possible. So all these people trying to act like they don't care and they don't want to watch it. I think it's more like the friend that you bring with to the bar and he's the crazy one. 
and and you each one of y'all gets six shots in, six beers in, and he's the one making out, and you're like, you know what? She's kind of not bad looking. Like, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad he's doing it though. I'll I'll watch him do it. You know what I'm saying? So like the Harker's like, I'll I'll watch my casual friends buy it. Like I'll go over there if they have it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So um yeah, it's or it's like, cool like that though. Or if we're going to keep going with this analogy, it's like that friend you bring to the bar who makes an asshole out of himself and he's getting drunk <laughs> and you're like, oh, I don't fucking know that guy until he does something yeah. epic. And then you're like, that's my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I know him. I know him. That's my boy. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of like that. It's exactly like that. It's exactly like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wouldn't put myself on that side of the fence. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. I think – it's a spectacle. I think it's historic. I think it's awesome for both sports, the fact that so many people are talking about this thing. So that's not necessarily the reason I hadn't brought it up on my show. Like I said, I just felt like people were sick of hearing about it. I didn't know if people would want my two cents on it. But I'm not going to say like, oh, I'm too good for this fight. I'm not going to watch it, even though I may know how what the outcome is going to be, you know, based on strictly logic. And I know you and I are kind of on the same page about this, even though I bust your balls and I keep telling you Connor, <laughs> Connor's <laughs> going to pull the upset. Um, but, you know, it does have like a huge what if hanging over it. And that's why it's going to be such a big selling event because there is that what if and people are able to make an argument for Connor, no matter how ridiculous it is. And on my show, for, for people who always listen, I never make picks. When, when it comes to fights. I always try to stay as objective as possible, and that's not because I'm some kind of consummate professional. That's just how the way I am in my life. I always like to look at both sides of things. I think in order to make an argument, you have to understand the opposing argument. So I always try to understand both things, and I try to understand you know how it's possible for one guy to, to win over another. So I, all that being said, I have a hard time believing that that Conor McGregor has a chance <laughs> uh, doing something against someone who has done this one thing their entire life. And Conor has kind of done this thing, but never really focused on it. And it's clearly a money grab. It's clearly going to work because they're both very polarizing figures. You know, most people are probably watching this to see one guy or the other lose. You know, there's yeah, going to be a lot that's of exactly people. what it is. <laughs> Nobody's watching yeah. it to watch anybody win. They're like, I just don't like that guy. Yeah. So much <laughs> that I like this guy a little bit less. So I'll go. It's like the election. I was telling somebody it's like it's exactly like the election. Like, they're like I who, who are you going for? The guy I hate a little less. That's really yeah. what it is. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So that and that accounts for a, a lot of the pay-per-view buys Floyd has done in the past. Like people kept tuning in because they thought, <laughs> all right, this is the guy that's going to beat him. He's going to lose to this guy. And it was like one after the other. And I was like, nope, 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 nope. So here's the thing with this fight. Like I, I have a hard time, uh, you know, picking against Floyd in this fight. But there is a giant what if there are some intangibles here. You know, obviously, skill for skill, Connor. <laughs> I see you shaking your head. There's no, there is no intangible. There, there are intangibles. There are zero intangibles, quite honestly. But go ahead. Okay, so this is this is exactly what I'm talking about. You can't make an argument unless you can understand someone who has an opposing argument and at least think that they have some shining moments in in the points that they're making. Have you have you heard any 
decent arguments for why Connor would have a chance in this. Yeah, I've heard a lot of them, and I'm about to break them. Like, I, ha I run Loudmouth Boxing along with Loaded Joes, and I just put out a video today, and I'm going to put out many more videos that are going to be prime examples that show that Connor's tools are not the ones that are going to beat Floyd Bayweather. And it, it's it, there, and it's going to be basically. I'm basically we're doing Miss Busters, but like Loudmouth <laughs> style. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, uh, Floyd style. I, I mean, that's really because because there's all these false narratives that people want to buy into. They're they're just looking. There's all these hooks now in the sea. We, we're now we're all these fishies in the sea right now. And yeah. all these little media are fishermen, and they're putting out hooks. And if you don't know, right, you're going to get stuck in a hook, whether it's from one side or another, to be quite honest, whether it's on the Floyd side or whether it's on the, the McGregor side. And, and fortunately, I, I have – I'm almost half in the water and half out of the water because I'm, I'm a huge Floyd, Floyd fan. I'm also a huge, huge Connor fan, so I don't want people to, like, when they hear me talk, like, oh, wait, he doesn't even watch MMA or he doesn't know anything about Connor. Actually – I've gone for Connor in every single UFC fight that I've seen him in. Mm -hmm. And it and it's it's cool because like I've lived with the scrutiny of being a Floyd Mayweather fan my whole like let's say my whole life, but my whole like being in boxing life. Yeah, that's gotta and be when rough. I became a when I became a McGregor fan, it was nothing to me. I'm like, oh, that's the best you got? All right. My <laughs> my guy's gonna go in there with whip that guy's ass. So Yeah, I mean go ahead with the hate, like yeah, they, they are they do have a lot of similarities. Like both they both have that personality where you love them or you hate them. They both come from like really rough backgrounds. So it's like they both have awesome rags to riches stories. So it's really cool the way that they came up and the the fact that they're crossing paths the way that they are is really an awesome story if you think about it. You know, take take everything else out of it. Just the the story of this alone is amazing and it the excitement surrounding it really brings it back to like the old ufc days like well who would win in a a, a boxer or a wrestler right. and you know we haven't had that excitement because the mma market is so saturated now you know there's fights every other day so we haven't really had like that curiosity that like kind of i don't want to say anxiety but that kind of like big question mark of like all right, well, now what if you take an MMA fighter and you put him in a boxing ring? Like, it's something different, and that's what makes it historic, and that's what makes it so captivating to everybody. Uh, it it, you know, it is, but when you scratch beneath beneath the surface of, of that narrative of like, ooh, we've never seen this before. Well, there's a couple examples, and everybody points to the Randy Couture, uh, James Tony one, so I'm, I don't even need to go there. We all know that narrative. Sure. But yeah. the other narrative that I pointed out, and I think everybody seems to have forgotten, is what happened at the time when and when Chris Cyborg Justino went over to Lion Fights and fought uh, Jordina Bars. Mm -hmm. uh, she got her ass handed to her, and she's one of MMA's best and most powerful strikers. And and everybody thought going into that, Jordina's never fought somebody with, the, you know, the it's just almost the same narrative. She's she's never fought somebody with this power. What if she creates new MMA angles? Mm -hmm. What what is going to happen with? Uh, uh, cyborg with the bigger gloves. Ooh, is she gonna be able to land as big? It's, it, you know, but the whole narrative. Everybody in the Muay Thai scene knew Bars was gonna take her to school and then and then give her a notepad full of notes to go ahead and go do some homework with. And that's sure. exactly what happened. And another yeah. one that that I can think of too off the top of my head, and, and less people even know this one. And he again, he's not world class, uh, but he had he won two titles with Ricardo Mayorga. When he did MMA, he did a World Series. World Series did like a Mexican version in like Florida. It was like World Series of fighting, but it was like 
you know, based like solely for the Latino audience. And he mm -hmm. fought MMA and he got choked out in like two minutes. Sure. So it, it, it's, I, again, it's cool. But when you start scratching beneath the surface, like things like this have happened and it's never gone well for the person coming into the other sport. Sure. But it's never, like you said, those things are not well known. So it's never happened at this level where two really yeah. well known people from, from two different realms have crossed over. Another example that's kind of similar, if you think about it, is when CM Punk fought in the UFC. Now, everybody knew how that was going to go. But, right. Yeah, we all knew it was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, 1.7 million pay-per-view buys, because it's a spectacle. You got to see it. You have to witness for your – you have to be there watching it when it happens. You can't hear about that later on, because if some – for some fucked up reason, like he gets a lucky punch and and CM Punk, you know, <laughs> gets a crazy knockout. You can't be hearing about it from your buddies later on. You have to watch it live. That's like something you have to experience. And same sort of thing with this. It's like everybody kind of knows how it should go. But like that what if is going to draw in so many people from both worlds. Like even the boxing fans were like, yeah. this isn't a real, this isn't a real box. Like, shut the fuck up. You're going to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and it's funny because I'm like, it's not going to be, it's not even a test. But I want, I'm in this, I'm in this to see Floyd get his 50th. I'm in this to show that, that Floyd's skills are what they are. And I'm also in this because I am so um, in awe when, with, of the adventure, the media adventure. This time I'm kind of a part of it. You're kind of a part of it. Um, and mm -hmm. also the press conferences that are going to be happening. I was telling people this last week, they're like, What's going to happen? Are they going to, like, nobody really knew, like, boxing. There's a whole bunch of MMA guys. are like, so what's going to happen with the press conference? I'm like, no, 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 no. This ain't going to be – it's not like UFC. They don't do one press conference. When you do a Floyd Mayweather fight, they do many press oh, conferences. Yeah. And they go to many different cities. Um, and, and I was like, I'm not going to be surprised if they do New York, Los Angeles. Uh, they might do Vegas. Uh, it sounds like they're going to go to Ireland, which I didn't believe was possible, but it sounds like they're going to go. All right. Um, it, they're also, uh, they'll probably maybe do Boston and probably do Dallas or San Antonio. They always want to hit one of the, the part of Texas because of the Latino community. They're the ones who are buying a lot of the pay-per-views too. Like people sure. forget like a boxing still a very Mexican, like the Mexicans get behind or Latinos get behind it because you have Argentinians, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans, so this Latino audience still, you still need to, I think you still kind of need to sell them on this because they don't have a dog in the fight. They, they hate that a lot of them don't watch MMA and a mm. lot of them don't like Floyd Mayweather. So it's like, where's that audience going to go? There's probably watch it, but where will they go? You know? Yeah. How will they buy yeah. into this? So, That's so true. yeah, like, uh, yeah, all these little things, man, that people, again, outside of boxing, I think if you're just looking at this with MMA eyes, you're coming in from MMA world. There's all these things that happen in the boxing world and all these things to take into account that are not being taken into account because, and now that, now that they're doing, now they're doing it on ESPN where they're talking to, uh, or not ESPN, but a lot of other podcasts are talking to boxing guys and MMA guys to try and get the, the best of both fields, mm -hmm. uh, which, which I'm happy with. But yeah, there's little minute things that will be happening in this fight that don't happen normally in a UFC fight. So people need to watch out for that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, getting into the press conferences and everything like that. And I know we're on short time and I, I have a feeling and, you know, this is just my guess. This fight was put in August just to counter, you know, the other big boxing. <laughs> going Canelo on. GGG. Well, and it's because yeah, that like, one. <laughs> people don't understand this rivalry that Floyd and, and, and uh, Oscar De La Hoya have had 
Sure. Before they fought, during their fight, and after their fight. Like, they don't yep. understand. This is, a, this is a business rivalry that extends so long. Mm-hmm. There's a reason Floyd didn't join uh, Golden Boy Promotions. Because, like, if you notice, like, Golden Boy Promotions, they have Shane Mosley's, like, on there. He's, like, some sort of representative. Bernard Hopkins is, like, some sort of, you know, representative type dude. He'll, sure. He's kind of like a diplomat. Like, they'll meet with the fighters before. They'll be like, let's... Let's sign a fight with you, you know? So there's a reason Floyd's not doing that. Like there's a reason Floyd made Mayweather promotions. Like all of, all of these things are targeted. And yes, it's specifically targeted to get, to eat away at uh, at the sales or, or maybe the hype of GGG Canelo. Like it's yeah. absolutely targeted for it. Oh, definitely. And I think I think that tactic worked because De La Hoya was like, oh, let me book this date you're looking at. And <laughs> Floyd's like, oh, yeah, fuck you. Really? Because, you know, Connor and Floyd knew this thing was going to happen for months. Like, they've they both been yeah. training. It, it's not like, oh, this is a fast turnaround. Like, no, these guys both knew. They were dragging this out. They were building attention. Both these guys know how to sell fights. Like, they're, they're not new to this. They're not like, oh... <laughs> It, there's a there's a lot of strategy involved here, but I want to get back to the press conferences because I feel like this is the one place where Connor's going to have the advantage. Not necessarily having to do anything with the fight, but in the press conferences, he's going to have the better sound bites. You know, he's going to have the better one liners. Like he's just, I mean, the fact that he was able to talk his way into this fight in the first place speaks to what a brilliant mind he is when it comes to marketing. So. And Floyd's going to love it. You know, he, he Connor's not going to get in his head. Floyd's going to be like, this is great. I want people to like. Yes. <laughs> he's gonna, that, that's going to be the because difference. Because he's usually that, he's usually, he's usually that guy in fights. And there's a couple of fights where he's not that guy. Um, yep. Like, namely, the, the one that sticks out of my head is Robert Guerrero fought him. It was basically like Robert Guerrero's dad versus Floyd McGregor. Um, Floyd Mayweather at the, at the Floyd McGregor. Yes, that's the fight that's happening. Freudian slip. Floyd Mayweather. It was basically, uh, yeah, for right. Um, it was basically Robert Guerrero's dad versus Floyd Mayweather at the press conferences. His dad yeah. was screaming out. He's like, we're going to beat this woman beater. We're going to beat him down. Come on, let's, you know, get behind yeah. us. Do you guys like this guy? And he was doing it, like doing it and doing it. And then during the Madonna fights, it was basically Madonna's coach. Oh, uh, Robert Garcia, like basically saying, oh, He's going to, you know, especially the second one. And they bought him out. I remember when they came to San Antonio, he bought him this cake. And it was this cake. And it was a big, fluffy glove to represent the big gloves that Floyd made Madonna switch um, during, yeah. you know, during their first fight. So that was in, they were just trying to antagonize him. They find all these angles to antagonize him. Um, and so if Floyd doesn't have to do anything, Floyd doesn't want to do anything. Like Floyd can just sit back and be like, Okay, bring all the hype in. Like, finally, yeah. one less thing I have to worry about. Van fucking Tasman. But mind you, when they do, um, I was telling somebody, when they do the 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 um, f- photographs, they do. They usually they do a photograph together where they bring the two opponents on set. They're both on yeah. set. And they do a photograph with both of them. Mind you, when that happens and they're one on one, that's going to be the most fun because that's when Floyd strikes. He does these little mm-hmm. itty bitty strikes. I'm number one. What the fuck? He's probably gonna be. I'm number one. What the fuck are you doing in my universe? Like, what are you even doing here? I'm about to. School <laughs> you. I'm about to show you. There's a reason. TVE. Like he'll just repeat this. Even if you're going, he'll just repeat this. It's like his mantra. It just yeah. keep going and going. And and so that I think is gonna be the most interesting. And we'll probably see those on the embedded or when Showtime does the all access. 
so which they're both doing, we'll probably see that. And that's what's going to be for me outside the press conferences. This is going to be the most interesting because this is where you see both of them open up. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, this, the circus is part of the spectacle. I mean, if, oh, yeah. if people are interested now, wait until these two actually get in a room together and start doing press conferences. This is where, you know, the, so many people are talking about this now, but not everybody's sold on it. You know, you still have those people we were talking about earlier that are like, oh, this is a joke. I'm not going to... You're gonna fucking watch it. You're gonna like, fucking watch it. <laughs> mark, mark my words. You you say right. If you tell me right now you're not gonna watch this fight, I call bullshit, and I will put any amount of money on that. If you're any kind of combat sports fan, you're watching this fight, no matter what. Um, yes. But yeah, that's kind of where you were saying about Floyd's mantra. That's kind of where they're similar, also, because they both have so much belief in themselves and they both have this philosophy of kind of willing things and like imagining things into reality and that's really what has like you know the whole mystic mac thing how connor's been able to predict his entire career basically predict like, these things yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know he he was talking about being a two division champion like before he was even in the ufc and he basically willed it to happen you know, he went out there and made it happen for himself. And I think a lot of people don't respect, again, how much of a marketing genius he is. Because you see all these other UFC fighters that are like, oh, well, I want to do boxing now. Because they see how much money is being talked about and everything like this. And it, it was the same thing when, when Connor's making all this money in the UFC and the, the other fighters are like, oh, I want to make a lot of money. And they just come out and say that. And it's like... Dummy, it doesn't work that way. You can't just say, I want to make a lot of money, and it happens. Like, this takes skill and planning and, and like, a marketing brain. You can't just say, like, oh, I'm a, I'm a better fighter than this guy. Why is he getting all this attention? You have all this jealous energy, and it just leads people to not like you. Like, nobody's right. going to like you if you're just saying, I, I want a money fight. I want to I want to fight for the kind of money Connor's making. Well, then you sit down and you make a business plan for yourself and you figure out a way to do that. Don't just say, I want that because he has it. <laughs> yeah, it don't work like that, man. You got to put in the work along with the words. And both of these guys are putting in the work along with the words. Um, and I'm expecting, I mean, if, I think some of the things I've heard, well, what if Floyd's not training as hard as he did? No. Floyd fucking trains yeah. hard as fuck. Like he outworks the young dudes. Like it's, it's incredible that, that this work ethic stories that you hear from some of these people about how he gets up and he's ready to fucking do it. Like, yeah, it, he's not sleeping on this fight at all. Like if you think he, he's going to, he wants to let his legacy go. You think he, he, he wants to look embarrassed. No, 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 yeah. no. You think you don't know Floyd. Then go, Go watch his training videos. Like, you don't know Floyd. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, too, because Floyd's the one who has everything to lose here. Connor's not risking anything. He has everything to gain. He basically already won just by getting this fight signed. He's going to make more money in this fight than he's made in all of his UFC and MMA fights combined, and some. So he go like, big deal. I would go in there and let Floyd Mayweather knock me out for a hundred million dollars. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I wouldn't be able to talk my way into that fight. So like Connor doesn't have anything to lose. Like, Oh, I'm going to retire from boxing. Oh, and one, that's the worst thing that could happen to me. Big deal. But Floyd is the one taking the risk. And there's, there's not a lot of people who could get him to take that risk. There's no other boxer really who would have brought him out of retirement at this point. And he's basically said as much where, you know, he said, 
you know, unless the right opportunity comes along, he's staying retired. He doesn't care about the 50, this and that, you know, whether you want to believe that or not, maybe he did want to eventually get the 50, but like what, a, what boxer is going to be this big of a draw against him? Because there's not that there's big not, of a question. There's not one. He went on, uh, I was rewatching it today to look for quotes for new videos I'm working on. And there was a, he came on sports, with sports in the first take, first take with Max Kellerman and, and uh, Stephen A. Mm -hmm. And uh, they were talking about, he's like, you know, what would get you up, man? The, the Manny fight, you know, would it be Connor? And he's like, really? I mean, the only fight that would get me up, man, would, would be the Connor McGregor fight. Like, I'd be ready for it. And this was back in January. Yeah. You know, so she was, she was like, we, we almost, we tried to line it up last year. It didn't work out. You know, we're trying to get things. So this has been in motion for a very, very long time. Uh, this yeah. is in the back of his mind for a very, very long time. So. Yeah, for sure. And it, and, and like you said, he's never stopped training. Like these guys have known for a long time, probably as soon as Connor beat Eddie Alvarez, they probably, you know, did a backdoor deal that next day and like, all right, let's do this. Let's start building this thing up. And they've been, they've been building it up for a long time. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but they've been building it up for a long time. Floyd's been training. He he's known that this is going to happen. And it, you know, he's very patient. I mean, he, he markets the same way he fights very patiently, very defensively. He makes sure he has the right opportunity. And when, you know, he, he doesn't wait until the iron's hot. He makes the iron hot by striking, so to speak. So mm -hmm. like you have two really brilliant minds coming together here when it comes to marketing. And that's why this is like the biggest fight of our generation. <laughs> of of maybe ever too like it, yeah it yeah it could it very well could be i feel so blessed to be like living in this time man because like i get to be around when this everybody's gonna remember where they were august 26 i'm telling you i was telling somebody else last week i'm like cities are gonna shut down like the way they used to in the 1950s and 60s <laughs> all the weekends are closing they're flipping that close sign right at five o'clock. Everybody's going to go grab their beer. Grab their <laughs> fucking, you know what I'm saying? They go should do it like they did then. Pizzas. They should only play it on the radio. So like you have to, everybody gather around <laughs> the sound box. We're going <laughs> to, we're going to listen to the boxing contest. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we kind of only brushed on like the fact that Connor doesn't really have a chance, you know, boxing skill for boxing skill. And I think, um, people funnel their logic a little bit differently. So there's been arguments for Connor that, you know, oh, he's younger, he's stronger, he's faster, he's more athletic, you know, w whatever you want to say. And, uh, you know, you could funnel your logic in the way of like, well, he only has to focus on boxing. He doesn't have to worry about being taken down or being kicked or, or grappling or any of these things. Or you could funnel it the opposite way of that. Here's something that he is focused on maybe 20% of his time working on and he's going against someone who has dedicated 100% of their training on it, on these set of skills for their entire life. And I right. think, I think the common fan doesn't realize how intricate boxing is. Like if you break it down to the, the most basic skills, it's punching somebody and trying not to get punched. That's what That's boxing, boxing is at its essence. That's but boxing. <laughs> if you look at like, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, if you if you ask me like what boxing is, I'm going to say like you're trying to punch somebody and you're trying to not let them punch you. But like all the little intricacies, I think, are what people don't realize. You know, you know, the ability to slip punches, 
the footwork, um, closing the ring off. And these are things that, that Floyd have, has mastered. I mean, he's clearly a master of it. If anybody's a master of it, it's a guy who's done it 49 times without anybody beating him at it. Um, so yeah, skill for skill, Connor doesn't have a chance, but you know, again, so, yeah. there's that, let me, I mean, let me break down some of these, I think some of the myths that I think that are going around. So first off, the first <laughs> myth I've, I've heard a lot of is Floyd doesn't do good against Southpaws. Well, that couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. That might've been true earlier in his career, but, um, the last person who he had a problem with that was Southpaw was Zab Judah. And that was 2006. Right. Since then, he's fought three other Southpaws, including Manny Pacquiao, and he hasn't mm -hmm. lost. And he's actually looked better and better every time he's fought a Southpaw. Um, so the second one would be, well, this is the longest uh, ranged fighter that, that Floyd's ever ever fought. Wait, hold on. Blake, well, yeah, that's, that's actually true. But Wait, Blake, I don't want to cut you off, but the, the Southpaw myth, um, yeah. just, just to give you like a counter to that, now that came from Dana White. I think is the one who well, said it most. Dana famously. White and and Skip Bayless. They keep going on with this narrative, and then yeah. I'm here. I'm hearing it on other podcasts and stuff like that. I'm like, they just got to die. Right, and, to die. and and that's kind of the point. So that that's where this comes from. Dana White is one of the greatest promoters in the history of sports. Dana is a huge boxing aficionado he knows a lot about boxing he knows floyd doesn't really have problems with southpaws but he knows if he puts that soundbite out there the lay person or the uneducated person is going to say oh floyd has problems with southpaws and connor's a southpaw and that gets the dialogue going like dana white mm -hmm. knows exactly what he's doing when he says something like that so a lot of people like to come out and say like oh dana doesn't know shit no dana knows a fuckload <laughs> more about boxing than a lot of people. And he, that statement was very calculated in my opinion. I, so he, he put I that totally out there. Agree. I, I yeah. totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. But the fact that I have, and, and the fact that I have to correct people because he said it, he's doing his job right. Right. But the yeah. fact that I have to go correct it because people also on the flip side, the fact that I have to correct it because people won't do the research. That's what, that's what gives me a little amped up because like, do your fucking research and you will realize that first off again Floyd doesn't have problem with southpaws Floyd doesn't have problem with people who have length on him yep. um I, I mean again connor is the longest fighter but by one inch mm -hmm. Hoya had 70 73 inches david corrales was 73 inches um yep. there was like one or two other boxers 73 inches i think Gennaro Hernandez, who was his 18th fight had 73 inches so it's just like he's fought people with 73 inches and you know what those haven't been the people that have given him the biggest tests. Right. Um, the people that give him the biggest tests, they have actually a shorter reach, and it's usually between uh, 65 to 69 inches is the average, maybe 70 inches. The people that, have, that are shorter, that get in and fight close, orthodox swarmers are the people yeah. that give Floyd his biggest problems, Maidana, Castillo, um, Carlos uh, Carlos Hernandez gave him a lot of or, yeah Carlos Hernandez gave him a lot of problems like he was yeah. swarming even Ricky Hatton for a couple rounds was just kind of swarming him. Um, yeah, how'd that, how that work out? <laughs> yeah, right. How'd that work out? There was this dude from Austin who we fought um, named uh, Jesus Chavez, and he he was he probably did the he's probably he's very that fight's very underrated because I think that was the blueprint that Madonna used when he fought him. 
just yeah. swarm him, be on him. And the guy was the same thing like Maidana. He couldn't keep up, and he got he got knocked out in the eighth. But that's what you have to do. You have to swarm him. You have to be orthodox, and you have to get close. Uh, De La Hoya had, had kind of the, the you know, not a good idea, but just couldn't do enough. He could never land. And that's the problem. Even if you get close, the next – the third thing, let's say you do exactly what I told you to do. You swarm him, and you're orthodox. The next thing is landing. Yeah. And one thing Floyd does as soon as you get close to him is when you try to throw, he's out of the way, and then he hits you out of Philly show. Like, right. It, 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 it's, it's phenomenal. So um, I don't know what other, what, what other miss, but those are the three biggest ones, two biggest ones that, like, I hear – yeah, that was actually one of the oh. things I wanted to ask you. So, um, because I I have my own theories. Like I I'm not the biggest follower of boxing. I haven't been for a while. But uh, in my opinion, Maidana's the one who's given him the most problems. So I wanted to ask you, since you've studied all his fights, you know who's the guy who the most problems? Uh, obviously, you know if you look at highlights of the, of the first Maidana fight. You know, he got in on Floyd and he, he landed. He even, you know, he even double legged him at one point. Yeah. Which is, <laughs> so, you know, maybe, maybe no, Connor will follow no. that blueprint. Um, I, I thought it was, it was kind of funny. But yeah, he got in close. And it, to me, it looked even like Madonna was trying to graze him with some elbows in there when he was throwing some of those tight punches. He had him up against the ropes. Would you say that? Madonna gave him the toughest test. Like, who would you say is up there for the for Floyd's toughest fight so far? Uh, I'll give you like a top four or five. Like, um, Madonna's definitely up there, but I don't think it was the toughest test. Mm -hmm. I think his toughest test was Jose Luis Castillo. Uh, okay. Because that was that's the if you if you if you talk to like any boxing aficionados, they'll tell you, ooh, he lost the first one. He lost the first one. And if you look at the numbers, it looks like he did lose. But if you watch the fight. You can very much argue that Floyd did win the fight. So I think Jose Luis Castillo gave him the toughest problems. Uh, followed next by Jesus Chavez. Uh, even though he only went eight rounds, I think he did better than Maidana. Uh, Maidana's probably number three. Uh, number four, I'll throw in De La Hoya just because he took it to split decision, even though I didn't think it was a split decision. Uh, yeah. But by, by the numbers, De La Hoya. Um, and then number four, um, you know, I'll, I'll give it to uh, – there's this guy, Emmanuel Burton. And this is the one that kind of falls out of the theory, I say, of orthodox brawl, or, uh, orthodox swarmers. And a okay. swarmer, just for people who are like, what is a swarm? Somebody who just throw, massively throws a, a massive amount of punches. They don't always have to land. But they're basically – think of – they're just swarming you. They're all over you. There's nothing you can do. You don't get any breathing space. That's what a swarmer is as opposed to a power puncher, somebody just looking for that heavy ride, or a boxer who's going to get in, get out, get in, get out. The, these are, are not those guys. These are swarmers. Uh, the guy that doesn't fit that narrative is a guy named Emmanuel uh, Augustus, Emmanuel Burton. Um, he gave Floyd, I, I think, maybe arguably his toughest test. He had Floyd, you know, bloodied um, and and just, you know, out, I probably so he's probably my number two, Jose Castillo and then this guy because – Floyd actually fought really different in that fight. He didn't use a lot of defense. It was almost mm -hmm. all offense. He doesn't back up. <laughs> he gets hit a lot. He, he does a lot of hitting. Uh, he, he, you know, it's like the worst. One of the worst. He'll tell you, like, he's gone on record, been like, that's probably one of my toughest fights. Uh, but so, yeah, like, those are the top five that I'd say were his toughest. But the four that fit the same narrative, uh, again, Castillo, uh, Maidana, um, uh, what's his name? Um, 
Jesus Chavez mm-hmm. and De La Hoya, those kind of fit the same narrative of, of being an orthodox swarmer. Right. Um, so yeah, Which is, man, like I, I that kind of, that answers your question. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, so thanks for your input on that. But the, all of those, those four that you mentioned that gave him the most problems, all the opposite of Connor. So Connor's a Southpaw. He's not a bully. He's not known for throwing people up against the cage. He's a counter striker. Um, and you know, so if the game plan to beat Floyd, if the blueprint is to get him up against the ropes and bully him and get inside, you know, that's not the way Connor fights. Connor is successful because he's patient. He uses his range and he judges people with his eyes the the same way. Again, it's another similarity between him and Floyd. They're, they're very similar, you know, very different sports, but a lot of things are so similar between them because Floyd does the same thing. He watches people. He makes adjustments as the fight goes on and whatever is working for somebody in one round won't work for them in the next round because he's able to make that adjustment. Uh, in MMA, the pace is a little different. So Connor kind of makes those adjustments a little quicker in some cases, just because, you know, there's more tools and more variables at play there. Um, but again, there's, there's, I just don't see any way <laughs> I, you know, and I, and you and I have been talking about this a lot, you know, we text back and forth. I wanted to have you on the show and break your balls so much about how like, Oh, Connor, <laughs> Connor's going to knock him out. He's younger and stronger and like all this and give you like, and, and just go full heel. But I just, I can't do it. I the can't, more and more like, you talk about it. I'm telling you, the more and more you think about it, the more and more I watch film on this. I'm like, I was I was sure before. I am damn sure now. The yeah. next day is going to be. I'm fucking sure. I don't know what the next step is above that, but like I'm gonna be at yeah. that point, like in a few few days. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, the, the, the more and more the the facts are given, like you realize, like, god damn it, man, like. <laughs> right, but the difference between you and I is, whereas you're on this crusade to educate people and and like scream from the rafters like no this is all wrong i'm loving it i'm sitting back and watching like yeah yeah keep saying say say he's gonna knock him out in the first round like oh yeah that that left hand if he catches him flush in the 10 ounce gloves there is a fire going on and i'm walking around trying to put some water on it and you're walking around you're like oh no this is water for sure and it's gasoline yeah no no i've got water in this cup i'm just yeah. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm, I'm I'm roasting some marshmallows on that fire you're trying to put out over there. <laughs> For sure, I love it, and that's that's kind of why I I've avoided talking about it on the show because I always try to be so logical, so level-headed. It doesn't always work out for me, but that's the that's the way I hear myself being on the right. show. Um, <laughs> and um, you know, I I just I just avoided giving my input to it because I'm enjoying the show. Like this is. This is pure entertainment for me, and it's going oh, to yeah. be until August 26th. And I'm gonna enjoy the fuck out of this show. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love watching it. I don't care what happens, you know. I, I obviously, as as more of an MMA fan, I would love to see an MMA fighter go into boxing and just smash the greatest of all time, you know, you know or one of the greatest of all time. I, I, and that's just me because I, I don't like. I don't really follow boxing, but um, right. <laughs> do you think if that does happen, like if Connor pulls off some miracle and he beats Floyd Mayweather, what does that do to boxing? I don't even want to think like that. You just basically asked me what happens if I wake up tomorrow and gravity is no longer 
a law. Like I can't even comprehend what that will do. To be quite honest, man, like it will it will uh, untear the thread of the universe well, at that point, man. Like, <laughs> well, why is it got to be so drastic? If there's no gravity tomorrow, you wake up and rub one out from the ceiling. Like, <laughs> it's, <What's> it, flo- <laughs> it just floats. It just kind of, kind of just goes like, I'm like no. <laughs> and you just blow it away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm trying. No. It, it, I'm, it's just ah, my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, but I, no, ser- seriously. Like, I don't want to use a cliche. Like, it's a fight. Anything could happen. But you know, it's a fight. Anything could happen. If, if by some, it's chance, gonna go. He's gonna go he, one of two ways. It's either gonna be like, listen, I didn't like Floyd anyways, so fuck it. Let's go back to GGG Canelo, or it's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna be like, well, you know, well. Damn, like our boxers really all that good. Dude, we're gonna think as highly of them. Um, are we you know, we already thought boxing was dead. UFC's for sure for sure the way to go. You know, yeah. so it's it, it I think there might even be both in both camps, you know, at that point, yeah. to be quite honest. But but I don't wanna think about that too long because that's scary. I see the way I see it. <laughs> I see I can think about it because I don't have a vested interest here. Uh, the way I see it going is boxing will be fine. The same way that WWE was fine uh, when CM Punk came to the UFC and and got demolished, like it, it's it's the way it's marketed and the way it'll be spun is like, well, Floyd was forty years old and oh, uh, he wasn't. Pre-, you know, they can they can work that narrative a certain way, and in time, like boxing, boxing will be fine. Um, and I, I don't think I don't think MMA has anything to lose in this fight either way you know no nobody really at the end of the day does man if if yeah. Floyd loses they'll disown him they're like oh he's already our bastard stepchild anyways like we don't, we yeah. don't really fuck with him too heavy and if Connor yeah. loses it's like well he wasn't in UFC so it don't really count so come over here and defend your belt like that it doesn't really yeah. matter I, I don't think either way exactly and um there's been a lot of rumblings about that do you really see Connor going back to MMA regardless of how this fight turns out because he's he's looking to make a hundred million dollars for this fight roughly maybe more and probably a lot more when you count all the endorsements he's going to get after the fight win or lose he made i think seven million dollars in his last fight uh this is like that's like peanuts and the ufc simply can't afford to pay him like this so and you know he's made the little sound bites like get in get rich get out do you see Connor going back to MMA after this uh, is after this thing's uh, done? I, I do because I you know anybody that knows Connor you know you know he likes to wake up in the mirror and look at himself in the mirror. You know he probably stares at himself for a good five minutes. He's just like, <laughs> yeah baby, we're here baby, yeah baby. You know? <laughs> and, and and you know he likes to see himself on the TV. Mm-hmm. You know he likes to hear himself be talked about. And you know he he kind of cares the way fans think of him. And it, I, you know, another thing, if I'm UFC and I'm smart, I'm working it into the contract. Yeah, you can have this one off, but you owe us one back when you come. You, if only one, you owe us one back. With, and I wrote, I wrote it in the contract. So you sign this. Yeah. Like if they're smart, mm. they write yeah. it in the contract. Say you, you get this one. We will give you this one, but but you got to come back and do do us do us us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of no's. But uh, I think if you understand the mindset of Connor, like, again, money's not everything for him. It is a lot of things. But I think he also likes – he also cares a little bit about what people think about him. 
Yeah, and that's for why he sure. I mean, he's a fighter. He does. Yeah. Yeah, he's a fighter, and he has pride. As far as the UFC leveraging, and the UFC has no leverage here. They don't have a leg to stand on. I don't care what kind of contract they have. If the guy doesn't want to fight, you can't make him fight. Uh, he he could say like, "Well, I'm not I'm not fighting anymore. I'm retired. I got a I got no, a kid." But I'm saying if they they work it into the contract where you owe us one back, or you take fifty percent less of your purse, you know, or like whatever you're gonna make, you know, it's filtering through us. Mm. to get to you like at the end of the day we're still signing your contract you know your your paycheck like floyd's paying us we're paying you so again if they were smart i'm not saying it did or did not happen i'm saying if they were smart they would write it in so where it's forcible for connor to come back after this one yeah i yeah i don't know that's a tough one because connor could turn around and say like well how about i don't give you a piece of this at all and then but this ain't up to him. Like the UFC was the one who negotiated the, the contracts. As that's well. true. Like they, they represented Connor in this. Like it wasn't anybody else. It's not Connor and Floyd, even though that's on the poster. In the background, we all know it's UFC right. and, and Mayweather Productions. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's there's you know hundreds of, of marketing minds behind this thing. So <clears throat> I don't I don't know the answer. That's the thing I don't really want to think about. I don't want to think about like he's gonna walk away after this. I, I want to see it as like he's going to come back, defend the belt, and you know he's got a lot of really exciting fights in the future because he's going to be a bigger draw than ever, uh, win or lose in this thing. Like people are going to, people want to watch him. He just has that, he just has that it factor. Um, so the last thing on my list here, did you see the Chris? I'm, I'm sure you did. You saw the Chris Van Heerden, uh footage that was put out there. Uh, I, I did. I have a certain theory about this. So for those who who didn't see Chris Van Heerden's, uh, uh, how would you how would you assess him as, as a boxer? He's a, he, you know he he could be somebody one day. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so he, like he, he could be somebody. Is he is he ranked? Is he like is this like a? Is it depends on what depends. And so in boxing, you got all these different um, sanctioning bodies, and one of them he's like top fifteen. Okay. So, so. all right. So, <laughs> for argument's sake, <laughs> yeah, for argument's sake, let's say he's top fifteen boxer. So, he released some footage on his Instagram or whatever of him kind of working Connor over uh, in some boxing sparring. So, I kind of have my own theory about this footage. What did you think about it when you first saw it, and and what do you think about it now? Initial thoughts were like, oh my! Of course, like everybody, like oh my god, dude! Like Connor looks like shit. But then the more and more I looked at it, I'm like, well, the dude's southpaw uh, as well. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know how much we can get off of that. This dude's a little, you know, kind of longer. Um, you know, I, I just didn't know how much we could get off it the more and more I kept looking at it. And uh, so I, I don't know how much to take off of it, but Connor for sure doesn't look like he belongs in the boxing ring. And then I, I, then I watched Big Brown Breakdown, and they were talking about uh, Tony Jeffries who was like he does box and burn uh box and burn program for the on it academies right and stuff like that and the um uh, big brown breakdown and he was like yeah like they were in the gym but they weren't going like ham and cheese sandwich like connor was just trying to move around with them like you know he wasn't taking it too too serious <laughs> right uh, and i was like oh, all right so i think the truth lies somewhere in the middle like i think Maybe Connor wasn't taking it too serious, and maybe it's because he was just like, "All right, like I'm not going to beat this guy, so let me just kind of move around and see what it would be like." Um, yeah. I don't know how much stock we can put into this, um, but yeah, who knows, man? Uh, so I'll tell you my theory, and 
I I thought that this is possibly, you know, an attempt to get into Floyd's head. Now, maybe oh, to honey dick him. Yeah. So maybe maybe it's not possible to get into Floyd's head, but you got to play whatever cards you have in your hand. So maybe put some footage of himself out there, like looking bad, and then that's the only boxing film you have to go off of, like to kind of make Floyd underestimate him, which. You know, Floyd's never going to do. We all know he's he's so professional. He's so disciplined. He's- I, w- I would tell you this. I would tell you this encounter that Floyd has spies in every single camp. Since he's had money, he's had fl- spies in every single camp. Yeah. Like that's that's he's notorious for having spies in every single camp. This sure. is this is no, when you're fighting Floyd Mayweather, you're not fighting just in boxing. You are fighting a lot, a lot, a lot of things including him bending the rules, not only in the ring, but outside of the ring. Um, mm-hmm. There's a reason he fights in Vegas. They have six to one testosterone uh, li- uh, limits outside okay. of Vegas. There's a lot more places where they have four to one. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot, he's a lot more laxed with the, the USADA. They let him do a lot more, you know, um, exemptions. That That's an, inter- that's an uh, interesting point then. Do you think, do you think Connor's loading up? No, he, I don't think Connor, I don't think, no, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Like, I think he's going he's gonna to try to do what he can, but when you've mastered the system for as long as Floyd has, and there's a reason mm. that he always fights in Vegas for like the last like X amount of his fights, I think it's like the last, like, if I had to name it off the top of my head, at least 10 to 15 fights he's fought all in Vegas. So like, there's a fucking reason that he only fights in Vegas now. Like, he is a master of the rules. He's a master of utilizing just warfare spies, yeah. you know, little, little itty bitty things, uh, art of war type shit, man. So whatever, whatever Connor thinks he's doing and whatever this and that is, yeah, man, Floyd's got to jump on this and he's going to train the way he needs to. Yeah. And there's also like the entire institution of boxing, which doesn't come without its own corruptions. And, you know, that institution is a very old school, like, Illuminati type institution where they don't yeah, want you're a, you're a fool if you don't think it's a sorority. You're definitely a fool <laughs> if you don't think it's a sorority. Yeah, like they this is like skull key <laughs> shit where like <laughs> they're they they're protecting, you know, they're gonna do everything in their power to make sure Floyd has every advantage too, because they don't want they don't want this. There's a lot of people who are very against this in the boxing world because you know, they've been anti-MMA for a long time. They see it as competition. And, you know, I, I think I think boxing has lost some fans to MMA, but at the same time, I feel like people who love boxing still love boxing. Like, it's one of those things that you love it if you love it and you're indifferent if you don't love it, but you'll watch it if there's a spectacle. And right now, th- we got that a fucking spectacle. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right, man. So... I think I, I feel so cathartic because I've been holding back talking about this on the show for so long. So thanks for coming on and uh, and hashing this out with me. Um, I, I'm I'm gonna give you a plug for Loaded Joe's MMA podcast, which I've done a couple of times, and I highly recommend everybody check it out. If you're a fan of this show, you will love Blake's show. Blake, uh, let people know where they could find your boxing podcast and let them know where to find you on social media. 
Absolutely, man. Money Blake Weather. Just type that in on Twitter or Facebook. You'll find my personal profile. Don't add me if you're a weirdo, though. Just go follow my pages. Loaded Joseph MMA <laughs> Podcast. We're on Twitter, Stitcher, iTunes, Facebook, uh, your mama's closet, uh, your sister's CD player. We're everywhere, man. Uh, <laughs> loud, loudmouth Boxing. We're on uh, Facebook, Twitter, Google Play, and iTunes. I think we just got on iTunes today. I need to go recheck the email. But yeah, man, uh, we're out there. If you like uh, breakdowns of either sport, you like comedy of either sport, uh, kind of updates of either sport, Hey man, I'm I'm doing all of that, and for sure, if you love uh, interviews with some of your favorite fighters, uh, definitely go follow uh, Loaded Joe's MMA podcast. And uh, yeah, I just kind of talk all kind of shit and drink. So I definitely appreciate you having me on, my man. Yeah, cheers. No, thanks for thanks for uh, sharing your knowledge with us. And if you guys want to get more into the technical aspect of of boxing, check out the the loudmouth boxing because you know we're just kind of we're kind of fucking around here because this is you know, <laughs> I did the I did the whole separate episode and i want to have you on and break your balls but like as far as the technical side i'm admittedly not very knowledgeable about boxing so so go check out blake's stuff if you uh if you want to get down with that you guys all know how to get a hold of me at mma on the rocks and all your favorite uh, social media platforms podcast platforms all that shit and youtube for those of you watching on youtube right now uh that's all i got so thanks again blake and uh we we got to do this again sometime and, and have you back on and talk some some MMA and uh, have some fun. The last time, last time you and I did a podcast, it got a little out of hand. It got bro. a little, it got a bro. little too low. <laughs> it got a little too loaded. So you can go, go check out that past episode if you guys want to see me really let loose. I think there's, there's half of that that still is went missing. Maybe some like B side footage that'll be. It was like the last, the last twenty minutes, last twenty minutes, and probably is best of it all. Nobody ever heard that. All four. 149 yeah. people that watched it, it's probably best if they never remember that ever in their life. But that's that's the <laughs> shit that's going to resurface if either you or I ever try to run for office one day. Like that, somebody's going to find that 20 minutes and then that'll be the clip playing on CNN over and over. <laughs> My eyes have cocked and you're like on the floor. Yeah, I think I, I, I actually, yeah, I literally was on the floor holding my computer or my, I don't even remember if I was on my phone or my computer, but yeah, we got a little bit, a little bit carried away, which is not usually in my nature. I'm usually very composed, but that things get crazy when I'm talking with this guy. So Blake, thanks again for uh, coming on and uh, we'll do this again soon. And you and I'll talk soon, I'm sure. And as for everybody else, cheers. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>